This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for The Ringer, people outside The Ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it. It's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, the Bill Simmons podcast. Check it out on Spotify. I just got a message. Look, I literally just got a message back from, from Glenn Oddle. I said, Gaffer, when we playing golf? And he sent them. The four, I'm real, there's a thumbs up, two really angry faces in the golf or so. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, welcome to Writers House. Hope you are all safe and well. Today we're going to talk about the FA Cup third round, Arsenal, Chelsea, and giving managers time. Plus, we're going to give flowers to Darren Moore, Gareth Bell, and Sebastian Haller. And my guests are Ryan Hun and Musa Kwanga. Hello. How are you guys? You okay very good. Morning? I'm good. Very well, very well indeed. What's going on? How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I've got to share some news because under 12s football, man. I went to watch my friend's son play, and the pitch was pitch weren't great. Both teams, you should have seen the way these little boys, these like 11-year-olds were trying to play. They've done a move. They've done a move from, from back to front goalkeeper. And you know what's really cool is watching like the goalkeeper and even when they get fouled, watching how they, how they react. You want to see how, when they get fouled, how quickly, yeah. they, <laughs> quickly they jump up. And like the goalkeeper started doing that thing where he catches the ball and then, you know, when they drop on it, there is nothing funnier than kids mimicking like pro shithousing bro it's honestly so <laughs> honestly the tackles the tackles that they were flying into and the skill that they were trying they'd done this move from back to front it was apt if it was if it was a goal I was thinking oh my god and what was really beautiful about it is that you look for I'm looking for replay because you should have seen on this terrible pitch mm. what they were trying to do and the parents People talk about the parents. I don't know what it's like now, um, but like the parents were amazing. It's nice. like no one, no one was speak, no one was saying anything, no one was shouting anything from the sidelines. Even That's though, we, cool. like my my son's team, they were losing, they were winning two 0 and it felt very nice. Everything was lovely, and and then when they scored, when they scored, you should have seen how they jumped. These people was like, yes, come on. <laughs> ah! 
Right, and then all of a sudden, the parents on this side, because they realised how much they wanted to win. So these parents, so all of a sudden, everybody started to really cheer and say, come on, guys. It was, it was so Amazing. good. It was so if good I ever have a kid it. and they play football, the first time they play, I'm going down with like flares and TIFOs and shit. I'm like, fucking, that's just going to be like, it's going to be like going to Pauk. Do you know what I mean? You know, that's what it's going to be like. Honestly, you know something as well, but there's so many things that you could tell them that you mm. could t- but I said to him, listen, I need to come and watch the boys when you play on a better pitch because you could see what they're trying to do. They're trying to implement it. They were trying to play and pass through. But then when you get, what you realise is, is that when the pitch is that bad and the, you have to take an extra couple of touches just to get the ball controlled. So mm. you're actually, the guys are actually hindered by it. So what I'd like to do, I said to them, listen, guys, you should start filming the guys and explaining to them mm. why they need to in this area make it go quicker so he could go out here. Like even on the other side, even on the other team, they had this big guy playing in the middle. They had a little guy playing on the right wing and the guy on the right wing, they wanted him to play really wide. And yeah. I'm thinking, come on guys, they, they, too much tactics because the guy wasn't <laughs> even getting a touch in the fucking ring. It was like, it was, but you know what? It's, just, it's the, the, the energy and the, and the way they were flying into the tackles, the way they were trying to pass things they were trying to do it just really looked very pure and innocent do you know what I mean mm. That's you cool. need to go back to those days now and again honestly yeah, honestly like, Moose you I do, go yeah. watch my godson play in Brussels uh, when I'm there like every so about a couple of times a year and it's always amazing because it's the pitch is a kind of like sunken area right. so it's like a sort of valley and everyone all the parents are sort of crammed in there and whenever someone scores, everyone's like very restrained until someone scores. Yes. And then you'll see like <laughs> a couple of slightly zealous pairs, mm. maybe including myself, like godparents, like the pitch invasion. Nice. Not, not, not much, but it's like, you know, a couple of yards under the pitch going. Argh. I think that that's all that should happen. Cheering. Yes, I agree. No agree. shouting from the line, because you know you have None to be that. a certain, yeah. certain meters away from the pitch, which I, again, I think is brilliant. Yeah. You know, Amazing. so as the boys can get on with it. It was, yeah, it was, definitely. it was, it was a beautiful thing to do. You know what? It, I'm revitalized. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S. I-A-N dot com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. So guys, you see the game last night? Uh, I did. Oxford Arsenal. Yes. yes. You were there. Yeah. You've been to a few games this weekend, huh? You were at Man United on Friday as well. Yeah, Man United um, Friday, which was really good. Watching Marcus, Marcus Rashford in this form is, is, is a delight to see because yeah, you can see, you can see in him guys that I'm, I, I, I'm ready. I'm taking anyone on. Give yeah. me the ball anywhere. I'm um, shoot. He's 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 gone to the place. He's got to the place. He's locked so in. So now all he? it's gonna, yeah. He's got to the place. You watch him. Even the way he's moving without the ball. The way it's, honestly, he's 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 a, he's a frightening thing to watch at the moment. Do you know he's like he's like he reminds me of you know Raheem Sterling made that statement on Instagram about racism and then just went mm. like media silent. Mm-hmm. It's like that where he basically like I'm a brilliant footballer. I've got something to about society. I've got nothing further to say. I'm now just going to concentrate on football. Not that yeah, Rashford doesn't care anymore. He does, mm. of course. But no one can say, even if he never said a single thing again in public, no mm. one could ever question him on that front. 
And now mm. it's like he's got, well, he's in his um, mid-twenties and he's just locked in and he can just go after it. And watching him ag- against Everton is so interesting. It was actually quite reminiscent of a younger, like Di Maria, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know how Di Maria would just go on and just absolutely dismantle anything just in front a, of him? any team, anyone. So, you know, two, three players, you throw at him, you send to him and he's got you. It doesn't matter. Actually, there was a point Rashford got the ball in the second half and I was thinking, you actually, you sympathise with, with the defenders actually because they're not going to enjoy that. No. You see, really done to, you see what he's done British. to Seamus Coleman? Brutal. What he done, I know that Seamus, great player. He's done brilliant. Excellent, and he's getting to that forward. stage where, you know, like I say with, with Marcus Rashford, I like to see it with Anthony more, but Anthony seems like he wants to, he wants to beat somebody. He wants mm. to do something and then just pass it off sideways instead of actually taking someone out of the game. And when Marcus started to run at Seamus Coleman, you just felt like You're, there's, there's only one winner here. He stopped mm. him. He moved him. Then he stopped him and then Seamus was at, and then he, and then bam, he crossed it in and then they scored. And you just think to yourself, that is somebody who is just, knows, knows who he's up against. Mm. And he's just, he's just killing now. He's, he's, Man, he's it's, killing. It's, he's, he's it's an assassin. It's almost like a rest and a little bit of a treatment on a problematic injury that's been bugging him for a while. And, uh, oh you. wow, look at this. This guy's actually yes, a really yeah. fucking good footballer. Right. Do you know exactly. what I love actually? I love what you mentioned about um, Anthony as well in that context, Ryan. Again, like Ryan, so first of all, I completely agree. And just to sort of add to that, Anthony would do quite well to watch those tapes of Luis Figo actually, mm. because that was a winger who mm. set you up, who beat a man, but always had a strategy. And I think Absolutely. with Anthony, that's the thing. The knee's been an overarching strategy. You can beat a man by all means, but I think it's like, what's the point? You know, mm. there were times when like early on writing, in my writing career, you'd write the most, spectacular paragraph you could mm-hmm. but didn't tie to anything and there was no point to it mm-hmm. and actually the older you get you just cut that stuff out because who cares like yeah. what's, what's the A to B and I think with Anthony he's still figuring out a lot of things mm-hmm. he might be a couple of years in the Anthony he's meant to be because I think he needs to get that that bit out of his system if that makes sense not the, flamboyance, not the flamboyance, not the flamboyance, but you like No, you won't want to take that away what, from him what, but, what, but what's the strategy? What's, what's yeah. the point? What's the point? I, don't, I think that um you know, with, with Marcus Rashford, with things that's going to happen, I'm praying that it happens for Jaden Sancho when he comes back, when he gets mm. back going again. Because at some stage, when Anthony gets into the, I'm at Man United and we're on a mission to get mm. back to where we were. And I'm looking at Marcus Rashford. I'm looking at Casemiro. I'm looking at the players and I'm looking, I'm thinking, okay, it's time to start fucking playing some serious football now. Just, you know, yeah. this is about, right, bam. You know, because I'm, Man United are ominous. Yeah, man, five and straight it's the wins. Manager. I, honestly, the manager's five really good, wins. isn't he? Manager's yeah, really good. very yeah. good. You know, he's got that. He's got the vibe where he's so fucking. He's, he's so. How can I say? He's so focused on what he's doing. He's just doing it and slowly changing. You can see it now. You can feel it. You can listen to it. Even when Luke Shaw, when he done his interview about people being late and what the manager expects now, what we expect, their mindset is changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their mindset's changing, so they're coming. So everybody's got to be ready for that. But anyway, I'm going to talk about last night. and Yeah, you were at, you were at Oxford, I, I, right? I had a little chat with Mikel. Yeah, a lovely chat with Mikel. Some lovely images on Getty, just you and Mikel. But it was nice because he was just on good form. Mm. Um, so when you're doing the interview and you're talking about him, talking about Sambi Lukonga, talking about Vieira, talking about Emil Smith-Rowe, talking about where they're going, talking about how the fans, how he realised, guys, that it's vitally important to get the fans reconnected. That's the first question yeah. I asked him, Moose, because I want to not give him credit for it, but him recognising how much of a part that the fans play at home 
for the team. And he says, mm. this, is, this, is some, this is one of the biggest things I had to change when mm. I get there, right? You know, and I think I'm so pleased that he's able to say that and see that. He said a lot of work's gone into that. You can see with, with Oxford, they, mm. they want to play. They're trying to play. Their closing down was very good. I thought in the first half, I thought Vieira, Sambi Lukonga, maybe talk about Sambi a little bit in a minute, and Eddie Nketiah. I thought that the, 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 the spin, the spin and to run into space was on literally all the time because obviously Carl Robinson had said, listen, I don't want him to get no time on the ball. Mm. Anybody's going towards it, I want you to, I want you right in their back. I want you to make sure that you make that touch uncomfortable, that first one, push them back into their own half, let them come back towards us. I'm thinking this is prime for, okay, I'm going to go short and go long. Mm. Just come in and spin. It was like, you're trying to find space for people like Vieira to operate. You know, you're mm. trying to find space for someone like Samuel Conga to have time on the ball to be able to look up. And they weren't getting it because they weren't stretching the pitch. Mm. Only reason why Oxford couldn't really capitalise because they kind of, they, everything petered out for them in the last third. And I was thinking, this is like a, a fighter, a boxing match where one fighter literally hasn't got a knockout punch and the guy's mm. just walking through them. And that is us. That's what that's what Arsenal did last night, and it took an hour. Mm. It was like thirty three minutes before Eddie done his first spin, and I think I showed it last night. Mm. And it's literally you could see the defender was petrified. It's the kind of game that I thought, oh my god, if I'm playing in this game, I would be spinning every single time, because that's what gives you the time to get the ball into feet, Moose. But I think you know I because the, the defender, is- you've got to give the defenders. Is he going in short? Is he going long? None of that in the first 33 minutes. But then I'm giving, I'm, giving, I'm giving Arsenal some credit as well because the thing about Oxford and the moves breaking down in the final third, Arsenal have seen every type of attack come at them. Mm. This is the thing, this is the one, and this mm. is not a criticism of Oxford at all. It's more that like, you play in the Premier League, you play international football, you've seen attacks come at you like that are trying multiple different forms of attack, mm. multiple types of uh, decoy runners, pressing in weird positions, yeah. strikers who are not expecting possession, like passes that are being switches, missing out players, like all those things. So when someone comes to you like Oxford, you're like, oh, you're, you're only using two or three different types of deception. You're not mm-hmm. using like, you're not using like 15. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I always yeah. joke about the time when um, Barcelona plays, my favourite attack, Barcelona playing against Juventus, Champions League final 2015, the first half, and Messi just stands on the right fr- flank. And everyone's been talking about Messi in the whole, the, the whole, the final. And Messi just stands basically at the halfway line the entire first half and no one wants to do with him. And Arturo Vidal gets a yellow card because out of frustration, <laughs> just kicks it. And, and, and I think that's the thing, Oxford, and this is no disrespect to them. You're talking about the technical level, the tactical level as well. People that often watch the FA Cup are surprised by how brilliant, and I think you were saying this a couple of days ago, Ian, they're, su- they're surprised by how brilliant lower league teams, non-league teams yes. look against Premier League opposition, higher opposition. But this is the thing, isn't it? It's, it's maintaining that level of tactical yeah. and technical intensity mm. every single match, every right, single yeah. training session. Yeah. Like this is the thing, an Oxford United player could be spellbinding, spectacular. Like let's say, let's say even like three, three weeks out of four. Mm-hmm. Um, but to do that every single week for 15 years, that's the difference. Yeah. And mentally doing that is exhausting. Do, do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. makes sense. But that's the I thing mean, we, we were talking about this, weren't we? About the gap, yes. the gap in, yeah. in, and you actually saw it. Like Oxford, for example, Oxford United had Josh Murphy, who's uh, Jacob yeah. Murphy's twin, playing Jacob's for them. And it's yeah. like you know, it's like you wonder how. I bet growing up they were probably mm. super similar, you know, but and, and how. Sim, yeah. Um, 
We've seen it a few times how, and this is what I love about the FA Cup, that actually there was a guy for Oxford, I forgot his name, sorry, and uh, but he all of a sudden he did like one step over, went past Shaka, did another step mm. over, went past someone. I was just like, this guy, it's like... Beast. The, I think it might be the it's right back. Was it Anderson or something? Oh, yeah, maybe it was. It, maybe it was the guy he just went through the, the Yeah, he went through the middle. It's, yeah, yeah. He came from Lazio. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And, I'm wow, thinking, so, and, and the thing is because he was stride, stride for stride with, uh, with, with, with Gabriel Martinelli. Stride for stride. It makes you realise that the, 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 the closer to the very, very, very pinnacle of football you get, the mm. margins become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, which always, we talk about this all the time, which, which makes us, it makes you realise when you step back from it, makes you realise just how good, say, for example, the best five players yeah. in the world are actually at any one time. Because we've all, we've all seen it. Like, mm. for example, I imagine when you were coming through, Ian, at Sunday League, you were just way better than everyone else. I'm not mm. hyping you up. It's a, it's a fact. When, you, you know, when, you, when we did that interview with you the first time we met and you were like, yeah, some games I just only scored my left foot or I'd only mm. finish off the post because I was kind of like, the levels weren't really yeah. there. Like, we've all played with people who have had... I don't know, like, you know, come through academies or maybe played semi-pro or even played professional briefly. And they're so much better than anyone else, even at a pretty good amateur standard. And Scary. then the, the, when you work your way up yeah. and you see it, that actually for an hour, Oxford kind of hung with Arsenal oh, gosh, yeah. and they were fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then, and you've got guys like just raw ability, actual pure raw ability. It's like, this is amazing. To use a, a cooking analogy, good, like my good friend here, Musa Gwanga likes to do occasional study. <laughs> You know, it's like you have the coolest ingredients, ingredients, the best ingredients you can buy, but you just can't, you, you don't know how much of each you need to put yes. in to make the actual dish. Yes. And the dish is what makes you elite, I think. It is, you know I mean? it is, but I think there's something else. And this, all of this is correct. And I think there's something else to add about the mental side. I think that's underrated, Ian, because you, yeah. you talk about work ethic, right? Mm. I don't even know if it's work ethic because you look how hard you look at the pressing stats of some of these clubs. People are yeah. working, and you look at the even also look at the um, look at the championship for example. Forty six games. There's no shortage of effort there. I think the psychological side, Ian, the ability to respond to adversity and challenges. That bit to not be broken by a near miss. You look at Eddie Nketiah, for example. Yes. That man was on the fringes, and now he's starting for Arsenal. That man could easily that he could have easily lost his way, lost confidence. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you see, uh, there was a brilliant player. I went to watch um, Luton against Grimsey. Brilliant player on loan. Um, I think called Tom Craddock was on loan from Middlesbrough, maybe. And I thought, my God, that, what a player. And then, but you're on loan to mm. Luton. You're at the bottom of the league. You're away from Middlesbrough. And no matter how hard you work, and he was working hard in that game, psychologically, just to yeah. be thinking, I was at Middlesbrough. Or like Jeremy Aliadier, you know, brilliant player. Yes, yes. Brilliant player. No question of the talent, no question of the work ethic. And then you go there and you're in the first team squad and Henri is there and you go somewhere else, you get an injury. And it's very, very hard not to look back to, I was on the path to glory. Mm. And you see this, listen, this thing I will say, one thing to throw in, the number of heartbroken footballers, one day we'll do a podcast yes, and we'll just ask footballers to come in or talk about, I'm still heartbroken over this 15 years mm. ago. We missed the chance. We lost the game here. We lost the game there. And I never got my confidence back. And I never believed. And that was the night I never thought I'd be a Premier League player. You, and I played. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? You know what? You Absolutely, can put that the other yeah. way around Absolutely. though. And I know that it's, a, it's not an outfield yeah. position, so it's a little bit different. But you look at Emi Martinez. Yes. Like yeah. Jesus. journeyman, kind of seen as wow. like a journeyman, goalkeeper on loan all the time. Never, you know, he made his debut at Oxford. In. He made his debut oh, yeah. at Oxford. Wow. wow. That's wild. Wow. And then wow. all of a sudden, 
He's fucking won a Copper America and he's been integral in winning a Copper America and a World Cup and in World like Cup. in back to back. But if you interview anyone, if you interview anyone that knew Emmy Martinez, I bet they'll tell you from the early days, oh my God, that guy's self belief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you the thing you talk to, you talk to yeah. those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you can, see it's it, like, because there's, there's like a tipping point, isn't there, when with ability? Because like you have to have that self belief. Mm. But if you're like, like if I was moving like Emmy Martinez, everyone would be like, all right, bro. Yeah. <laughs> as they were with him, Ryan, as they were mm. with him. This well, is the point. Yeah, this maybe. is the point. Remember, people, here's the point, right? Until you succeed, everyone thinks that you overrate yourself. Absolutely. Everyone yeah, laughs. Yeah. Everyone yeah. laughs. Like everyone, yeah. uh, you, you see it with beatboxers. Someone said it so well. Beatboxers are terrible for the first five years they do it. And they're spitting everywhere and mumbling and stumbling. And all of a sudden, after five years, everything kicks in and they're spectacular. And then like they're filling like, they're filling arenas. You know, I was, I was, I was watching, the, um, yeah, you know, I was watching yeah. him last night with, uh, because I wanted to watch Lewis Bate. I heard a lot about him. Chelsea, he went from Chelsea, um, went to Leeds. Now he's on loan at Oxford. Mm. And, you know, I read an interview of um, what he'd done the other day. And you can just read between the lines, that man is desperate to play at the highest level. Mm. You know, he was in that Chelsea, that, that Chelsea Academy with Livramento, with Broya, with all, with all these, Musiala, Jamal Musiala, he's very close to him. And you think to yourself, you say it, Musa, about the mental side of it. And yes, I, I totally understand because You've got to understand the heights he's kind of been and where he's mm. been and the football he's played and the calibre of player he's played with and the quality up front he's had. You know, where I was watching him last night and you could see he's definitely got great technical ability and there's nowhere for it to go. Mm. And that, you know, I, I look at that sort of stuff from a mental aspect and I just feel very fortunate that I never came up against that kind of hardship in respects of trying to get through because I don't know how high how I would deal with that guy simply this because is it. this is it it's, it's it's tough this is this is an it's interesting thing tough. about You're you Rag. even though you came through late at a professional level and we've like you know we've talked about that progress quite a lot mm. on the show but the thing that we were talking about with the even though the technical gap like raw ability might not be that wide between mm. top level players and like players in league one the only thing that I'd say that you were fortunate about is actually that your experience at the top level increased as Palace's level increased. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So you got yeah. your level you, in, the, in the second tier, you were killing it there and then Palace went up and then you, you're playing better opposition, but your team is getting better as well. You know, you finish high in the league, you, go, you do the FA Cup stuff. So you're progressing at a similar rate to Palace. And I think for you, that was a real benefit because the, the, what would have been, what would have, been horrible for you for example if you'd gone straight to a top tier team at the beginning mm. and then been loaned out somewhere and you might not have actually just because you basically were essentially i'm not i'm not saying like i'm not kind of blowing smoke up your ass but it was like you gradually upped your level as those new problems were put in front of you and i think that that's the thing that is the, is you know a lot of those players for example mm. we kind of saw it with i, I use carl jenkins as an, as an example he was a signing when Arsenal made him. They were like, why are Arsenal signing this guy? Mm -hmm. And actually, he turned out to be a pretty steady top tier fullback. Yeah. But he was pulled from what, Charlton? Yes. Who were bottom of the championship, I think, at yeah. the time. And everyone was just like, what are Arsenal doing? It shows mm. you that actually, if you put these players in an environment where all of the standards are raised and they're facing better opposition on a weekly basis, but they're also surrounded by better quality teammates, yeah. their level can go up. Sean Davis so at actually, Fulham. Yeah. Didn't, Sean yeah, Davis yeah. came up four Sean divisions. Davis. And also, who was at Swansea as well? Swansea had a couple of players that did that, didn't they? Came up four divisions. 
Well, oh, unbelievable as well. Some people. Joe Allen, I think. Joe Allen, and yeah, It's got to be a. It's it's got to be a mental, mental, it's mental. And, and confidence because yeah, yeah. you can. You, it's because like even when, when I went with England, I knew I was good enough to be there. Steve McMahon slaughtered me for not being able to keep the ball because I was fucking petrified. Mm. In that moment, Brian Robson pulled me um, and said, "Listen." You're here because you, you're, you're a good player. You keep going. I remember playing with Brian Robson in an England B game. Remember, this is Brian Robson, England B game um, in Algeria. And he was in the midfield. And you know what I mean? He just, he, he, honestly, it was an unbelievable experience. He spoke to me literally through the whole game. And I remember with that, and after the FA Cup when we lost, I remember I was on the ground in the, in the, the, the Crystal Palace, the second one. And like, you know, I was on the ground and I was, beside my I was distraught mm. and then someone tapped me on the back and I looked up it was Brian Robson again and he was saying you don't worry you keep doing what you're doing you'll mm. be back here your time will come and I remember when he said that to me about with Steve McMahon about don't worry about him you just keep doing what you're doing keep playing don't worry about it I swear to God those words in that moment from him at that time took me somewhere else I went it may it, 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 it kind of like it washed me of all the negativity. I was mm. washed because he, he was the one that made me feel like, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Because yeah. you'll get players and you'll get a time where you feel weak. You said something really interesting there that I, I want to sort of jump on too. Mentoring, mentoring. Like, mm. because football is such a sort of ruthless world, very few people, and this is why you have people whose kids become footballers and you have these networks of, of people who are former footballers helping, because Former footballers understand just how important it is at vital points to have that conversation to elevate someone, right? Because a lot of those young footballers, no matter how good they are, they're in the wilderness at a certain point in their careers and they're not sure where it's going to go because they're going to trials and they're seeing 50 people just as skillful or more skillful with better stepovers, with better vision, who are quicker, more physical, all the rest of it. And having someone older than you that just gives you that, like even as a writer, on a very basic level, not comparing myself to any of these footballers, I will simply say that like there was one lunch I had in my career as a writer, where one elite writer basically said I was good enough and that changed my life. Just it changed honestly. my life. Like one conversation over lunch. And this was like, I was, in, I was in New York with a friend and then went to lunch with this guy and he basically said, yeah, you're good enough. And until then I was like, I'm never going to make anything of myself mm. as a writer. That was my Chris Waddle chat. Right. That's I told you one, about my Chris Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's well, one conversation, no, I, had, Ian. I, had, I had the same thing. Yeah. I had the same thing. I had a coffee with this guy yeah. and I was telling him about a theory I had about Alexis <laughs> Sanchez and he said, you should write that. I was like, okay. <laughs> and now <laughs> if I'd known I was going to get stuck doing a fucking podcast with him, I wouldn't have bothered. Here's the thing. You joke. Every footballer can point to a conversation like that. I'd be fascinated to talk to someone and be like, what was your conversation? Yeah. Who mm -hmm. was the person that gave you permission to be as great as you've now become? Yeah, yeah. You have to have this. It someone has to, has to give you somewhere. Yeah. Someone well, has this to is do, where the, yeah, men yeah. the mentality thing is really interesting because yes. when, you're, when you're brought up in, in an elite structure, you're kind of, you're constantly, you're, you're Thank like, you. I'm, if I was 12 yeah, years yeah. old and yeah. I was wearing, you know, I was on the train going to Arsenal training, do you know what I mean? Right. In an Arsenal tracksuit. It's kind of, it's not a flex, but it's like, it is I'm a flex. Arsenal. Yes. If you're coming through at the elite, in an elite, uh, like academy, you're given all the tools to be elite, you know? And, um, and I which, think it's just a different mindset. So if, for example, if you're 22 years old and you're, you're, you're coming through at Arsenal, like Gabriel Martinelli, for example, would be, actually Gabby's a poor example because I think he would play exactly the same way if he was at a lower tier 
as he well, was. He kind of did. He kind of did. Didn't brave. He? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, was, yeah. he got scouted for being that. But do you know what I mean? Like we've seen all of these academy graduates come through and how different their trajectories might be, even with the same ability, if they'd come mm. through somewhere else. Because it's just, but, every single thing matters, you know? Mm. You know, the thing is as well, now you say that, I've just been thinking, like two people just popped into my head and that's Marcus Rashford and Phil Foden. Mm. And we're talking about elite players from a young age in academies where everybody's expecting them to come through and be exactly what they're doing now. Everyone's waiting mm. for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. everyone's waiting for you. And this is why when, when, like, when Rashford goes through his spell and everything, like, you're thinking, we're talking about somebody who, him and Phil Foden have been professional footballers from the age of eight, proper professional footballers, <laughs> yeah. dealing with the pressure of being at those clubs with everybody saying, that's the next guy, that's the next taxi off the rank, he's going to do it. So when you... So you have to get into the headspace of those guys with them coming through, with everything that they have to do through teenage, adolescence and everything, with the pressure of the world, because we're talking about clubs that are world-renowned clubs. Mm. And they do it. You have yeah. to, people don't respect that. No, that's I, right. I, that's that right. petrifies like, like, me like, like, to like Kids that. like that who have come through, who you start hearing about from like the ages of 13. They're Rooney almost like, and that. They're, 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 it, sounds, it sounds like, but they almost yeah. get like a part-time childhood because they're already yeah. professional footballers. In yeah. way. It's like, it's kind of wild when you think about it. It's but, mythical. Um, yeah. Well, the Messi, the, yeah. the Messi, the book about Iniesta when um, Messi, Messi the, um, the guy's writing the book about Iniesta and he gets, he manages to get an interview time with Messi and Messi was like, Messi's famously very busy, not around for anything. And then when, when a Messi hears the book is about Iniesta, he's like, how long do you need? Mm. And when Messi goes, and he goes, what was it like playing with Iniesta? Like when you turned up and Messi goes, when I turned up at Barcelona, I knew who Iniesta was. Everyone knew who he was. Wow. That is, they gave me chills wow. even saying that. Because <laughs> so great, eh? Messi so is like- cool. I've always wanted to walk into a room everyone, everyone knew who I was. The one, the one, was it Guardiola going, yeah, Iniesta is the one person we did not have to coach. He was a master of time oh, and space. Wow. He was can a master imagine, of time like, and space. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> the one player we didn't have to didn't coach. Didn't have to coach. He, that's like a He's triple winning He was what in his final form at eight. What <laughs> what of, one, of the greatest, one of the greatest club sides of all time and you're being told that you were the only one that didn't need coaching. It's funny because wow. um, <laughs> I think mm. that is what makes the FA Cup third round in particular so special. Yes. There's almost too much of it to go through game by game. Yes. But let's use that little topic that we were talking about in terms of like how small the gap is to give some yes. props. We're going to give some yes. flowers out later, by the way. Yes. But Sheffield Wednesday beat Newcastle 2-1. Oh, God. Was... And, and thoroughly deserved it. Yes. yes. Um, we'll I, just like, about, right, I just like, right, right when... Because as, as, as the team is going in, in form, Newcastle going to Sheffield Wednesday, a, a massive club. Because when the fans mm. come out at Sheffield Wednesday, it goes back to the old days. Remember, they used to yeah. play semi-finals there. It's an unbelievable yeah, yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you see and what I love about the FA Cup and this, and this stage um, of the FA Cup is if you go there, and this is, it, it's, it's the best test. It's, it's one of the best times I felt like, okay, I'm going into a situ situation where I am better than you. We are better than you, but we're going to have to go and prove that we are better than you. Mm. And if you fall off of that in any way, like Oxford showed for an hour, yep. you're going to get, you're going to get fucking punished. That is what I liked with Stevenage and fucking Villa. Stevenage. Oh, yes. Stevenage. Stevenage hanging tough. Like Jesus Christ. Then, yeah, but right. What it is, is that, so we're talking Stevenage and Villa and Villa are going in better. And yes. I'm telling you now, those Villa players were fucking petrified. That's yeah. the only way you lose those games against, um, of, against clubs of that stature is because 
in your head, you are afraid because yeah. you don't do what comes naturally to you, what, you're, what, what you can show that you are of a, a different standard. They've come and they've raised their standards and your standards have not raised, they've dropped because yeah. whether it's disrespect, whether it's afraid to lose, whatever it is, and that again well, kind is of being the mental side balance. of what the FA Cup does. Yeah. The intensity, yeah, yeah the intensity Stevenage came when, with. When, yeah, because yeah, when you pull a draw against a, a side in, the, in, a, in like a lower league, it's almost like win, lose or lose. It's not yes. just win or lose or draw. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, uh, like you look at Blackpool, for example. Blackpool in the relegation zone, the championship, and they absolutely hammered Forest. Yeah. They've been waiting on that. <laughs> right, this is what I can't understand about Blackpool. How can you do that? How can you do that in your bottom Ooh. of the league? Well, they said it to, uh, Gabriel Clark said it to, um, to Carl after the game on, uh, after the Oxford game, who's just like, mm. does this, does this actually make you look at your league position and make you think you should be, be doing better in the league? And he was just like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of. Well, it was a yeah. good league. Should, kind of should, it's, Can I be honest with you as well? There's something else going on. And this is maybe to, in defense of those lower league players, um, in the lower league teams, when you play an FA cup tie in front of millions of people and the global spotlight or mm. the national spotlights on you. It reminds you the most of the game you imagined growing up as a child. Okay. When you're playing in the back in your back garden at the age of seven, uh, Ian and Ryan, you are imagining stadium lights. You're imagining perfect turf. You're imagining your family in in the, like in the nice seats. You're imagining all of that, right? And for a lot of people who become professional footballers, actually their daily reality or their weekly reality does not yeah. match the glamour of the game they imagined. So actually, yeah. it is a grind, and it's not thrilling. It's not exciting. It's right. not inspiring. You're on these terrible environments. You're worried about the next contract. You might be 28 years old. You've got a couple of kids and you've got to pay the mortgage and the glamour's not there. And when you're in the FA Cup, it takes you to that place where you're seven years old again and you're playing with freedom. Mm -hmm. So the trick is almost the mental headspace when you're playing for like a team lower down the leagues or non-league, it's actually that you have to be delusional to maintain a world-class level. So yeah. you wonder get picked to play for a top team, like a Jamie Vardy, for example. Jamie Vardy's genius, you probably find, is that Jamie Vardy imagined himself knee-sliding at Wembley every single time he scored in a fourth mm. division game. And that's mm. why he made it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The mental, it's not just the mental strength, it's the mental, it's, a, it's an active imagination, actually. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a kind of weird, you have to almost like put up a barrier and it's self-protect, like self-preservation. And that's why I'm just defending those players in the lower leagues, not that you were having a go at them, but just in terms of, Okay, like, and this is not comparing myself to these elite footballers at all, because, mm -hmm. so let me, let me take a breath before I make, make my um, comparison. Before I ever got published and I never got anywhere as a writer, the one thing that kept me going was walking to the biggest bookstore in the city and imagining my book on a shelf. It's the mm -hmm. only thing that kept me going, right? And if I didn't have that vision to imagine that one day I'd be in a bookshelf and there was no reason to believe I would have been at a certain point, I wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have got to that bookshelf. And I think... For a lot of footballers, it's not that they don't care, it's that they've stopped believing, actually. Wow. You know, can I say something? Because you talk about dreaming of stuff when you're younger. I know this is, I'm going way off, way no, off. No, please, yeah, here. please, please, please. Like, you, you see, like, dreaming of, because you, you don't dream of anything other than success when you're younger. Yes. Oh, Wembley, in a World Cup final, scoring, getting the chance. And, it, and I couldn't help thinking of Muani, right, at his age. Yes. Right? So when you dream of, a World Cup final, and I want to go through on goal, and then bam, he actually, I, I, I can't stop thinking about him because that, he had his moment yes. came, and he, he, the goalie saved it, but I still feel that he should have done better with the chance. But like, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is, yes. when you dream of stuff, when you never dream of being in that situation and 
what if I miss that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know something? Because like now I can't stop thinking about Mwani. How does he feel that in the biggest game or the biggest moment in his whole life, everything you've dreamt of, everything you want to happen, it happened for him in that chance and he missed it. Where's he go from here? Yes. From a mental aspect. I think Mwani's going to go back there. Look, Deschamps has, has been appointed be again. I think that actually France, they're the favourites for the next World Cup. Mm. They are. So, like yeah. just you in terms of team, what's yeah. in their squad and the, what's in that team. What Mwani's got to do is he has to maintain momentum. Yes. Momentum. He has to maintain <laughs> momentum, whether it's a big move, whether it's like in, in the summer or whatever. Yeah. But he's got to be like, that's my level. My because level, otherwise he's defined yeah, by my level is My level is not, and he needs to say, my level is not missing a big chance in the World Cup mm. final. My level mm. is playing so well that I got to play at a crucial point of a World Cup final. My level is that I'm good enough to be one-on-one -on -one with an elite goalkeeper in a World Cup final with everyone in the world watching me. That's my level. Okay, I'll, I'll just pray that that, that needs to be. That needs to take his headspace. Sorry, let's take it away. But, but look it. at Bakayo Saka. After mm. that penalty miss in the Euros, yeah. everyone was like, yeah. oh my God. Everyone, we, everyone was so, so petrified for what was mm. going to happen for Bakayo. And mm. since then, he's been lights out. Skipping through golden fields. He's loving it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like penalty? What penalty? What Euros? Exactly. What Euros? Euros. Exactly. Um, Love it. So we've got some replays in the cup coming up mm -hmm. um, before the next round. Uh, I'll just quickly round up the ones. Uh, Accra to Stanley, Boreham Wood, Forest Green Rovers, Birmingham City, Leeds United against Cardiff City, Swansea City against Bristol City, Wigan Athletic, Luton Town, Wolves against Liverpool, which was a fun... There's a lot fun of Premier League teams out, isn't there? Yes, but tasty. There's a lot uh, of them out, man. Chesterfield. Yeah. Before we move on from the FA Cup, shall we talk about Man City against Chelsea? Oof. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was, um, that was a, a dismantling in the end. It was. Uh, it really was, wasn't not... it? It was almost like, you know, and the thing mm. is, is like, with the Chelsea, obviously being an Arsenal guy in Chelsea, London, like my Chelsea fan, I don't like to see, that they're fucking not in a good place no, with no. what's going on. I don't think that even when you see Graham Potter, seeing Graham Potter like having to dig people back in these interviews, he's got to maintain calm. Mm. Because if I he think, doesn't yeah. maintain yeah. calm, then the people above him, for me, they're going to start seeing, is he unraveling? He's just got to keep doing what he's doing. And you mentioned, Ryan, Mikel earlier on, and there was mm. a time, there was a moment where if they sacked Mikel, people say, yeah, yeah, that's right, because he's, he hasn't got the history, he hasn't got the experience. Yeah, it was a good time to sack, to sack him. They stuck with him. They must stick with him, because I believe if Roman Abramovich was in charge, with, with Chelsea right now, I don't think Graham Potter's still in the job. It's, they've got to make sure that they stick with this guy because there's a lot of work to be done there. Mm. A lot of work. You know what I mean? And so seeing him kind of like snap back or tell people about the stupid questions in the interviews, is a, he's got to get that under control. He's not a bright man. I kind of like that though. Yeah, but the thing about it is right. What it shows is, and what they will do now is all the interviews is a case of, well, he, he might he might be ready to snap again. He's no, got I think, to maintain I think with Graham Potter, calm. I think we yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Because <laughs> you know Potter, what he's like. He's, he says his stuff. Like with Brighton, when he yeah. said these fans seem to have forgotten where they were a few years ago. He's not afraid to say these I things. Like, yeah, but I, I like that with, because like he's telling the truth. Yeah. But right, he's at Chelsea, and it's another way to just keep tapping, tap, tap, tap. Yeah, tap, but tap, I, th I, I think I think that that comment in the press conference was actually a little bit more of a because I've noticed it a little bit that there's a little bit of. Uh, some of the some of the coverage of him has been quite patronising. Been like, oh, 
Look at nice Graham Potter. Isn't he so nice? Yeah. And he was at yeah. Brighton and now mm. he's at Chelsea. Yeah. And yeah. oh, no, oh, we hope he gets a chance because, you know, he's called Graham Potter. And isn't that such a nice name? And like, oh, oh, you know, all this kind of shit. And he's like, yeah. nice as a serious, this dude's a serious football mind. Mm. Just because he's not being a dick in interviews doesn't mean he doesn't have any like bite, you know? Mm. And I kind of liked that little just bit like, listen, I'm being polite, but check yourselves because these questions are stupid. Right. Then right, they got exactly what they wanted then. No, I think if he'd, I think if he'd gone full Mourinho and been like, giving it the like, <laughs> three, <laughs> that would have been like, right, we've got him. But the fact that he was so calm about it and he was just like, listen, I'm answering your stupid questions. But like, I think I, I quite liked that personally. And I think Doesn't then Pep him, coming bro. and then Pep, I don't think it hinders him though. I don't think it does him any harm. And then Pep coming out afterwards and being like, this guy's serious. You can, you know, listen, like, I'm pretty sure you can look back. Time. I'm pretty sure like, you can look back at Arteta's early time at Arsenal and find press conference moments where oh. the press got where they wanted. The problem that Chelsea have now and that Arsenal no longer have is that Chelsea right now are in their banter era. They are. Just as Manchester United were. And yeah. when you're in that era, doesn't matter how well you're being coached, doesn't matter what incremental advances you're making every week, what players you're improving, the overall image is that when people hear the name of your club, as they did with United for a few years, as they did with Arsenal for a few years, was people would laugh and make some joke and write it off, and no matter how well the coach is doing, right? So mm. what Pot has to do is actually tune out all of that stuff and focus on the week-to-week -week detail of improving yeah. players. Yeah. Work out Kai Havertz's movement. What do you want to be, Kai? Do you want to be an eight? Do you want to be a nine? Do you want to be a 10? If you want to be a nine, move aggressively. If you want to be a 10, hold back. If you want to be an eight, drop deeper. We need to work out what you are exactly and then go with that. Aubameyang, is he going to work out? Not sure. Um, mm. Ziyech, what's happening there? Like, and just focus on the individual interactions of players and just tune out the other stuff because when you're in that banter area as Chelsea are, you really have no control over the coverage you're going to get. You're going to get foolishness. So every now and again, what Potter did actually is really good in terms of what Arteta did too. Snap back at it, punch back. So then, because when you do that, when you're pushing back, you're not doing it for the sake of the, um, uh, the journalists. You're doing it for the dressing room. So they yeah. know that you'll stick up for them. And you're doing it for the supporters who think, oh, you're a soft touch. They're not actually, yep. the, the, the tabloids are not your primary audience because one thing we've learned about the tabloids is they will always get their pound of flesh. They will yeah, always definitely. get their headline. They'll get yeah. it off nothing, right? So I think Potter actually, he's in a better place than he seems to be, uh, like personally. Chelsea are in a far, a far worse position than they seem to be because they have a horrible amount of ill-fitting pieces mm. and they just have to give him time. And if they don't, if Chelsea don't give him time, it's their loss. Yeah, and also the yeah. thing is, what Chelsea, what Chelsea should do is, if they have, if, if this ownership is serious, mm. then they will look at the guy that they hired and yes. they will look at the structure that they've put him into and they'll be like, we need to up the structure behind the scenes. Yes. We need to massively invest yeah. and update and modernise on a load of areas that we've actually kind of abandoned since we've taken over yeah. and give him the tools. because Give him the tools, Right. Because otherwise they're going to get fucking stuck right. in this non-stop fucking managerial cycle of hiring and firing for years and years and years. And mm. it's just going to be, and it's going to be a mess because we've seen now that like this isn't 2004. You can't yeah. just throw a load of money at a Premier League club and, and walk it. Um, yeah. they're, they're, right. The, remember the, where the he's coming from deep. as well. The coaching yeah. goes remember deeper. Where he, yes. Yeah. You, you look at the Zerbi. The structure that the Zerbi has now of Brighton, where Potter mm. came from and the structure with the way this club's run. Deserby is coming in and he's able to do what he does and that is coach and you can see what's happening with his team. Potter was the same. The structure around him is brilliant. Everything's mm -hmm. in place and then 
you know, you go out there and you just can concentrate on your team. He's gone into arguably one of the most chaotic places you could go to in the world right now of football mm-hmm. with Chelsea and what's going on upstairs. And what the, the and last 18 months they've had has been... Honestly, a it's just like you, you've wild. got... You, and again, if they do, if they do get rid of him, it's one of those situations, guys, where it doesn't really matter because I think if you get sacked from Chelsea, I don't think it harms you as a manager. Right. Because people, just go, that, people think, just go, that's the culture. That's the, yeah, that's the culture of Chelsea. I, it yeah. would be brilliant if Chelsea could. I, I see that, that Tom Bowley, Tom Bowley's he's, he's stepped away from doing stuff now. It's like, maybe he's had enough. Oh, I'm, I'm tired of doing this. Do you this. know what it was? It might, I, think he heard, I think he heard that he was nominated for the Stadio Prop Joe Award and was just like, this has gone too far. Finally, I've like, finally he's stepped away from it. It's finally stepped away from it because Chelsea is a serious football club. It's a fucking institution. You can't have somebody just willy-nilly just bam, 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 just like with the money and just buying people and just like throwing them into a guy that's coming into a club of that stature. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, I think someone I think someone had a word. Bang. I think someone plied you in the, the director's box. I think it was on the, you know those ones where you've got that one mate that can like, when you're being a bit, you know when you know you're being a bit chaotic and <laughs> yes. you, you kind of need someone to tell you, but no, everyone's a bit too afraid to say it. You've always got that one friend who's like, hey man, like, yeah, man. this is, this is, a, you're doing a you know, lot, like, my man. You're doing a lot. Is, <laughs> you know, listen, no, yeah, it's just like, it's one of those like, listen bro, like, listen, you know I love you, right? But this isn't you. Why are you doing you, man? <laughs> You know, that's the kind of thing what Nancy would say to me. If I start, if I, if I've had a couple and we're we're out and like, I'm starting to just, just, you know, when your voice kind of goes up a little bit and you're kind of like, uh, Nancy knows when, you know, you get, I'm, she, she'll just say, because you know, you get a lot of messages. You know, like that, yeah, you, yeah. you know, that like Grand Theft Auto meme. Oh shit, here we go again. That's what I feel like. When, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. It says, I get vexed for about five minutes because I feel like a child again. But you're right, Moose. You just, that, that somebody's just said to him, listen. Someone's had a word. Like, Someone's been, hey, Todd, yeah. man. Hey, look, you're doing a lot. I think it's interesting with Chelsea because it obviously looks like Jao Felix is coming in on loan for the rest of the mm. season. I'm so, I'm so intrigued by that. Mm. Yeah, me too. I mean, watching yeah. him playing that game with Portugal, who did they beat? They, the Switzerland, the 6-1. Yeah, it was Switzerland. And when, when our man scored the hat-trick. But like, in that game, you saw everything what you think, my God, yeah, here it is. I yeah, just yeah. don't see it enough. I'd yeah. love him to come here and really say it alike. Because how old is he now, Moose? He's, he's, 23, he's, got I think. Be, he's still so young. If he could come and just like reignite Chelsea with everything that's going on there, you know, he, he's so excited. Because of all the injuries they have as well, he goes straight in and he plays at Chelsea. Mm. Not like, I don't think he does. I think I it's think a very exciting signing. Yeah. Very yeah, exciting. Can I say this as well? Enkertia's Go second on. goal showed me what yes. I needed to see. When I saw that, I thought, oh, He's ready. He's ready. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, okay. Okay. Now, yeah. we're, now we're talking. <laughs> you know what, do, you know what I, do you know what I imagine when he ran away from that? Like, what? just Eddie just being like, what? Mm. That he was was, no, like, he was the way he what? celebrated. You saw what? it. You're like, yeah, yeah, it was just like, what? Oh, yeah, what? That's, that's because what? Moose, like, I had guys, him, no, no, no. He's in the place now. He's locked in. We know what Eddie does. If he yeah. gets half a yard there, it's like Fabio Vieira's pass was beautiful. So but good. once Eddie ran through on there, the, you, you, you're, you're thinking gold. You're thinking yeah. goal. When he went through for the second one, you're thinking goal. Whatever people want to say about the goalie, how small he made him. So it doesn't make no difference. Eddie's, Eddie's mindset now is, if you're watching him from the outside and say, oh, Gabriel Jesus has come back, Eddie's not playing. I want You will take Eddie now and you, you'll play towards him. You make him play within the width of the 18-yard box, making runs on people's shoulders to get into the situation where he gets one-on-one because he's in the place as a striker where he doesn't believe he's missing. 
No. He doesn't believe he's missing. Look missing, at the way, man. the subtle way in which he finished that. It's almost it's like so he missed like, it. It's almost yes. like he missed it. Your defense is in trouble. It was honestly, <laughs> honestly, it was it was really good to watch. It's I really, saw that really and I was like, yes, because I thought, yeah, he's ready. You know, you know, when you watch certain players go through and goal, and you look mm. at the shoulders, you look at the shoulders and the poise, you're like, that's in. Just the confidence in the body language there from him. It's like I belong. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad, love, man. And even if Gabriel, when Gabriel Jesus comes back, like yeah. Eddie Nketiah is going to need he's to play certain games for Arsenal. He's going to get Arsenal out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of in a lot of games. He's saying season. exactly what needs to be said for for players who are waiting for their opportunity, waiting for their chance. And like he done an interview not long ago, saying, "Listen, I don't mind if I get a run and then I don't do it. But if I get a run and I, man's mm. doing it, he's got his run and he's doing it. And you know what? I'm looking at him, looking at him, Emil Smith Rowe and Saka. They've bulked." They are. You want to see look. these man, bro? Uh, training. We saw. Remember at training. We were like that. 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 The preseason. We were like, hey, these lot of, these lot of. They oh, looked, don't bring honestly, that up. I was. I was not, oh, sorry. Honestly. Sorry. Sorry. It was Ryan. You know I'm still, what? I'm still sad Ryan, about that. Ryan. It wasn't even that much. You know, it was Ryan, it so rained. Catching we, COVID. Catching Ryan, COVID. Ryan, it two days. Be, no, was it two days before? It was one day before. It wasn't no, a two good days time. before. Ryan, it was, Ryan, it was raining. It was raining the entire weekend. It was a shit time. Yeah. Whatever. 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 Should we go to a break? This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Uh, should we do flowers? Yeah, let's do flowers. Three bunches of flowers. First one, I'm going to have to go Darren Moore, Sheffield Wednesday. You know what I mean? That guy, um, you know, what he's done to get himself to where he is, how he's been treated in the past, how he gets on with it. You know what I mean? He's an excellent coach. You know, you don't hear nothing but great things about him from his players, from the people who employ him, from the FA, from everybody, all the initiatives he's working with outside the game as well. This man is fucking doing some great stuff. Love it. I'm so pleased with that. In, in this moment, you know what I mean, against Newcastle, his team played so well, so well coached and so drilled that, that you know, he, that they beat them and deservedly so. 
And that's why Darren Moore, I'm give, giving Darren Moore f- some flowers Quite for that sorry. because man's got to get some love and some flowers. Absolutely. Giving him a really good bunch like of flowers. A, it's like a sub-genre of, of FA Cup game where the, the, big, no, the, the higher place team, for example, rests a load of big guns gets himself mm. into trouble, brings the big guns on and still doesn't get out of trouble. It's too late. The horse has bolted. They've already said it off in the opposing dressing room, yeah. Ryan, that, you know what, we don't need to play these guys against you lot. They've literally given them it's permission the with the to go and beat them. Fuck yeah. around, find yeah. out. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> now you chat shit, get banged. That's yeah. what happens. You fucking it, chat man. shit, get banged. That's and that's it. what they've done. Yeah. yeah. You know, every, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, a, um, how can I say, it's, it's like a, a, not in so intimidating in your face way of saying, listen, we're going to come and play you, but you know, we're not going to play these guys because we've got to rest them for bigger games. No game's bigger. Mm. No game's bigger than the next game, whoever you're playing against. Oh, get out of tea. Bro, no game's bigger than the next game. Uh, that could be your any given Sunday speech. <laughs> Simply because you're literally telling that other t- you're telling the team in there, remember when the draw comes out, they're thinking, oh, we're going to play against him. We're going to play against him. We're going to play against him. Oh, brilliant. Can't wait. Then the team comes out and all of those guys are not playing. They're on the bench. Mm. You're fucking vexed. You're instantly vexed. And you're instantly say, right, we'll fucking show you. That's what I would say. If I was a manager of a team of that stature playing against a bigger team and they've rested, t- I said, make them show you how good they are. This so-called second string who, who, who can't even mm. get into the first team. What, they're, they're better than you? Fucking show them. That's where the intensity's got to come from. That's where you've got to make them understand. You put your fucking team out against us, man because we're going to show you. And I'm so pleased that they, these, Stevenage, I'm giving Stevenage flowers. Yeah, yeah, let's do that too. Oh, Stevenage nice. has got to get some as well. They weren't on the list, but they're getting flowers as well. Sure. Because yeah. to sustain right. and to maintain around. and come back and then win the win, score the winner, Stevenage, boom, flowers. Love it. Um, Gareth Bale, man. Yeah. Gareth Bale, um, and Gareth Bale, there was the, the, the time Gareth Bale had, had at Tottenham when, there was, a, there was a spell at Tottenham, guys, where, remember, they didn't even want to play him because they went so many games when he played where they didn't win. Yes, 20-something, mm. 20-something, yeah. Harry, where Harry Redknapp, he will always deny, obviously because of what he's gone, what Gareth went on to do, always deny that he was maybe a week away from loaning him out to Forrest or this one or that one. Or, I can't remember who it was, but he will never own that. <laughs> and then Gareth Bell going on a career tier like you've never believed. And it, remember when, it, when, when you saw the, oh my God, he's in his final form. Yes. Into Milan. <laughs> Into Milan. He was at left back and ripped the, he ripped the heart out of, of, of Mycon. Never seen again. Hat-trick. And clutch games, Moose. Yes. Big games, country and club. Fucking hell. Because he was the one who was scoring goals in those finals when the goals needed to be scored. Right. And fearless. All due respect to Ronaldo. Ronaldo scored the goal. What, like, okay, that's the icing. But he scored the fucking goal. Bale's one of the most unbothered players I've ever seen yeah. at the top level. It genuinely, <laughs> I think Bale. There's times you think that man's probably more stressed out playing. Imagine he was he was invited as a guest to play Augusta. I think he'd be more stressed out on the back nine at Augusta because he respects that play so much and is maybe a bit yes. afraid of it. Not that he does respect elite football stages, but like, look at him. He scores the bicycle kick in the Champions League final against Liverpool, wow. and he comes off the pitch and immediately afterwards in the post-match interview he's talking about not playing enough games and not in an arrogant way he's like I don't get to play enough and everyone else mm. is like going delirious Real have won like you know another title and Bale's just like he's chill I've never seen that that's just the most level next level um, 
in terms of mentality. I think maybe only like a Di Maria, you know, like Angel Di Maria when he's fully fit, just plays flawless mm. football in huge matches. Yeah. I think Bale is in that very small gap. And I think weirdly enough, I think because he played for Wales and because he um, was in and out of that Madrid team at certain points, I think Bale's going to end up as one of the most underrated legends, to be honest. Easily. easily. Like, like 20, years, 20, so years, 20 years from now, there'll be conversations. People are like, oh yeah, and Gareth Bale. He, did, he, was, too, yeah. he was so disrespected. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. you know what? Like you say, Moose, about his, his temperament and how he is, right? He, he, he doesn't seem bothered, but deep down, obviously he's bothered. You saw how he was sitting on the bench and stuff like that. They disrespected him so badly. And I'm yeah, so man. pleased that he has got the kind of personality where he can just like, yeah, so what? Take, have a look at those five fucking Champions League, the yeah. Freely League is whatever it is. And you know what I've done for my country. The man's going to be up there. He's going to, like you say, Moose, his name's going to, when they do it, they're going to say, Gareth Bale as well, bro. Don't yeah. leave Gareth Bale Dude, out of that. one of the greatest British footballers of all time. Easily. There ain't no doubt in my mind about that, right? <laughs> I mean, let's say British. I mean, European. Yeah. I was going to say, can we, can we give uh, one more bunch of flowers out? Because yes. Yes. This striker returned to training and looks like he may be set to make his debut finally for Borussia Dortmund. Yes, after, right. Flowers. Uh, having treatment and surgery on for testicular cancer. Mm. Yeah. Sebastian Aller. Wow. Again, what you see with, an unbelievable honestly, recovery. Unbelievable recovery. And the thing is, is that when you're, again, when you're playing football, when you're dreaming about the greatness, you don't dream about misses, you don't dream about injuries, you don't dream about anything like that. And again, it comes down to the mental aspect of what you've got to go through as a footballer, especially as a top level footballer. No one's thinking of that kind of um, illness mm. as a footballer. So to be able to go through it, you know, to, to, you know, to get it, go through it, and then come out the other side, fingers crossed, free is again you, you i can't i can't praise these people enough for the mental strength i can't say that you know me in that situation how you you, you i can't even put myself in his shoes because i don't know how that happened i you know the worst injury i had was was an ankle injury this man's had an illness mm. you know it's the same as you look at what happens to to people who get illnesses mm. you know like frank kirby you, you're, you're in no yeah. control of these kind of things and so for Sebastian Haller to do that and go through it and, you know, he'd done his speech, his missus was there. You know, it's the family and everything what people go through. So for him to come through, it's a triumph. It's a triumph. Mm. I'm just so happy for him, man. So like, happy. I can't imagine what that was like. I mean, he said something interesting. I think he said something like he's only actually had 17 days off because he's been, like, working on keeping fit. And it's kind of unbelievable to do that in in in... Like, I, I don't know. I've never experienced that. So, um, him to maintain focus like that is incredible. Just, yeah. Um, can I say yeah. as well? Shout out to him as well because even while he was recovering, when he was like, you know, obviously going through it, I was like, there was one moment I thought this man's going to be fine. When he turns up at the mm. Ballon d'Or ceremony, the man was kitted out. You see the roll neck and everything. I was like, so he wow. looked crisp as hell. A beautiful like, man. Like, yeah, this man. He's a beautiful Alan, man. He's on his way back. He's on his way back. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I'm just so happy. Yeah, for so I think they're, they're very deserve, very deserving recipients. Yes. Um, yes. Of, yeah. of, of flowers today, guys. It's been a while since we've been out that many flowers. No, no, no. Sometimes you know, hey. Sometimes you just have to give flowers. For sure. You sometimes flowers, you just man. have to give flowers. Uh, before we go, mm. uh, did you watch the uh, Ant Man and Wasp Quantumania? Oh my trailer? god! <laughs> you know what? Kang, because like, because Kang that, looks terrifying. honestly, can I just say with Kang, I can't wait to see it, but like Thanos 
Um, when I first saw Thanos, because Thanos is so big, but he's so cool, his voice and brilliant fucking Josh Brolin, brilliant mm -hmm. fucking casting. And he was as frightening as it gets because he's so big. I remember when you saw him beating up Hulk in um, yes. Avengers. Oh my God. When you saw him beat up Hulk and then the guys went to rush Hulk and the, his minion guy kind of put his finger up to say, leave him. Let him have his Let fun. Let him have his, oh my God. And then fucking Thanos just like, dealt with the Hulk. Terrifying. And like, he's frightening. Thanos is frightening because of his stature and because of his calmness. But Kang, Kang's scared. Kang's worse. Kang's worse because Kang, Kang you see, the worst thing, Kang is fighting Ant-Man, who's the weakest Avenger. And I've got to say this as well, Ian, you were saying earlier in the podcast about how, you know, Premier League teams that turn up and the non-league team sees the team sheet as weak. <laughs> this is the opposite. Where is this going? So, is Kang, this the Kang is never fielding a weak team sheet. Kang turned up and picked all the best players. You know, sometimes you get those big Premier League teams and they go and they pick the mm. full strength team and they go play the non-league team and it's like 7-0 and it's a, yeah, footballing, it's a, it's a yes. footballing lesson. They're going to get a lesson. You the think? whole, yeah, every superhero is going to get dragged for the next three years. <laughs> Have we beat you before? Have we killed you before? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> for, for a Marvel movie, I'm genuinely like, this is quite bleak. And I saw Sean Yu, for, uh, formerly of The Ringer, he posted the screenshot of that bit at the end with uh, Kang's got the two, like when he just shoots with the two yeah. things. And he's just like, Kang's about to go 82 and 0. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for it. No losses. Because this, is, the first, this is our first, this is our first this real the, Yeah, this is where it's about to like ramp with, up. With Kang. Yeah. So Kang is coming to be the new Thanos, yeah? Yes, yes. Oh, he's going he's gonna to make Thanos look like... He'll make Infinity War like a garden party. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like a garden party compared to this. It's this. like at the end of Loki. He was just like, "Wait till you meet my right. variants." Yes, exactly. Wow, that's such right. a threat. Wrong point. man. And can also, I just, just say, quick, can, we, can we shout out to Jonathan Majors because this guy's a don. Yeah, but listen, guys, it's, I'm time to leave. I've got, I've got to go practice golf, right? My oh. swing. It's thanks a lot. See you soon. Absolutely. See you soon, man. Much love. Take care. The best. I love you guys, man. I love you too. Okay, thank you very much, Ryan. Hun, thank you very much, Musa Kwanga. Really enjoyed that. Um, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you again next week. Arsenal now, because obviously we're winning this club in, in the FA Cup. We're into the next round, but we've got Man City. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of that. I've kind of stuck on it in my head, but I'm not afraid of it. But like, listen, we'll speak again next week, man. God bless everybody. Stay safe. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? 
so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.